I'm finna put all this in my book bag because I'm from the streets. Yeah, yeah. And boom, what's going on? It's your boy Ambition, and welcome to another episode of the MYFB podcast. And today I have with me the sole librarian herself, Miss Tiffany Kimborough. Or did I say that right? Yes, you did. I always ask if I say it right. I should just ask that before, but I never do. <laughs> How are you doing today, Tiffany? I'm awesome. How are you? I'm pretty good. Pretty good. Uh, so <laughs> nicknames, are we on like nickname basis? Can I call you Tiff? Definitely. I, I I prefer just Tiff, although my dad was like, you're the last one to carry the last name. And I was like, uh, just call me Tiff. <laughs> Tiff. Tiff. Okay. So Tiff, mononym, like share. Got it. <laughs> all right so tell us a little bit about what you do tiffany or tiff okay um what i do is basically i'm a stay-at-home mom that likes to work basically that's how i'm gonna keep it nice and simple i i would say i'm an entrepreneur of course i am but i work and honestly what i do is making sure all entrepreneurs are just checking in mentally and emotionally and spiritually into themselves as they work. I know it's a trendy thing now to just stay home and work on little things and and trying to get a business up and running. But I really, really am grateful for COVID and I'm grateful for this trend that everybody's working on themselves and working on their own businesses because honestly, that's just the new direction we're going into. And I just want everybody to understand that they need to check in with themselves constantly for their health. Yes. So that's basically what I do. I, I try to tap into all the entrepreneurs out there and see if they need me in their corner, whether it's to just bounce off some ideas or need an ear um, or a shoulder to lean on. And that's just what I'm here to do. Oh my God. You're so humble. You're so <laughs> humble. It's listen, you can't just say you're a stay-at-home mom that works and then go, well, you know, help entrepreneurs get into their self-care routine. And like, that is a major industry for you, right? Like that's, and that's major value, right? In terms of, you know, some of my listeners may know I was a hypnotherapist, just in terms of, you know, some of the things that we were talking about, it's unbelievable the amount of entrepreneurs that I know that will work on a project out of spite right? They're working on this project or they're working on this business because, you know, the love of their life hasn't come along yet, right? And happiness isn't on the horizon. So if I'm not going to be happy, I might as well be rich, right? Like, like I know those guys and I'm not knocking it, but that's why what you do is valuable because sometimes many of us can lose sight of what the real goal is and that's a healthy life, right? Yes. So I'm guilty. I'm so guilty of that though. I want to tell y'all out there, I was guilty. I was like, I'm gonna be wife first before I start making some racks. And honestly, I didn't choose the entrepreneurship uh, lifestyle because I know how much work it is. I hate when people go into it and be like, oh, it's so much easier than a nine to five. It is not. No. <laughs> I was waiting for my hubby before I start making some some coins on my own. But here I am, still single, I mean, still making that money. <laughs> but, okay. So now can we have a real conversation? Of course. Always. All right. So the real conversation is men are actually aware nowadays. So if a man wants to be able to get married to a woman that he truly believes loves him, right? One of the prevailing thoughts among men right now is that she has to be able to hold her own. Yes. Right. Um, and a lot of, you know, I've heard a lot of people go, oh, well, why isn't love enough? 
It's like, well, love isn't enough because love isn't enough for you, right? Like, because even in that mindset, you would have to marry someone with some coins in order for it to work out. Yeah. So, yeah, there's a there's a lot of balance. So yeah, I, I think that is the route to everything that you want. You have to be work, willing to work for everything that you want. And even once you get the partner, you have to maintain them after. And the business is the same way. Exactly. My dad raised me um, to be self-sufficient. And, and, and of course, a lot of women now are saying, oh, I'm an independent woman, blah, blah, blah. And I'm not saying blah, blah, blah to discredit. Yes, we are. And that mm-hmm. same breath, um, nowadays, although we might all just end up multimillionaires, I'm just putting that into the universe, um, to come in with two bank accounts, to come into with two people on their, you know, mission and on their, their, their drive. Yes, you can say money's not everything, but it is in a sense to live a comfortable life. And for two people to have that, that's, that's amazing. So when I, when I came to across the path of like, I'm not going to do too much until I get my husband's because I knew once I start combining a lifestyle with somebody, it was going to be business oriented. I was going to mm. marry my business partner, whether he was helping me with my business or I was helping with his business, or we have two different businesses. That was my more, more like important thing about like, if I were to go into be an entrepreneur, I would need my man to be with me because business was very important to me. Right. So, yeah. Well, and I, I think one of the things that needs to be taken into consideration with that too, right. Is, um, you know, a lot of times you, uh, you want to step in, on equal footing, right? So that that mutual respect can be there. Um, so that's why it's important that you build yourself first, because I have to be able to see something that, you know, earns you the right to be an advisor, not just give you the advisory role, because that's something that you want. So I, I think it's beautiful that you're saying, let me work on me. Uh, as our listeners are about to find out, there's a book uh, on the way, right? So tell us a little bit about your book. I'm excited for this book. Okay. So it's called meaningful when your soul meets the ground. I literally am not a writer. I want people to know I was not trying to be an author. I collect books. I live in a library. I live in bookstores. I sniff books. It's, it's crazy how addicted (laughs) I am to books, but, um, I have a medical condition that doesn't allow me to work consistently. And so when that happened. I ended up at home. I journal like a crack addict. I go through three journals a year, which is 300 pages if you buy them from book Barnes and Noble. Um, so over the course of several years, I filled up 2000 pages and I was like, you know what? I need this to be a book on my shelf. I wasn't going to publish it uh, professionally. I was just going to publish it, put it on my shelf. So when I go back to it, I have all the 2000 journal uh, writings in one uh, book. So I sat there and I spent three weeks and I didn't even know it was just kept going out of me. And I spent three weeks and I had a book and I was like 10 chapters. Wow. Of course, it needed a lot of editing and things of those sorts. So that's why it's in the process um, of being actually published. I actually told myself I need to publish it Um, so it can be at least professionally drawn out beautifully, but it's literally about self journey, purpose. We all want to know our purpose. I don't care if you try to ignore it. We all want to know our purpose. Mm. Okay. And so it's literally about, and I hate self-help books. 
I'm going to tell you straight up. I read so many, I read self-help books and my book is a self-help book. It doesn't have the answer to your purpose. It does not. It has these tools that may help you on your journey to find purpose. It's very unorthodox tools. So don't have your Christian mama coming in and be like, oh, read this book with me. They might come after me like, mm, no. Okay. <laughs> no, no. When you say don't have your Christian mama come in, we, we could talk about it, right? We could yes. talk about it. What, 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 are, what do you think are some of the things that uh, may perturb someone? And what that really does sound like is your target audience are more so new age and spiritual folk. Yes. It, okay. it is. Sadly, I'm not trying to leave my Christian base out. I am Christian based, born and raised Baptist. Gra my grandmother would probably turn in her grave at this point. Like, oh, I knew this girl was a black sheep. <laughs> she's <laughs> she's going to bring us all down. But um, bless her heart. Yeah, but so was Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> right? Nobody understands that. Now, I'm not discrediting the Bible. I'm not discrediting religion, although religion irks me to my very core. I'm not I'm not turning against God or, or Jesus or the Bible or anything. Oh, sorry. Actually, my book actually says um, if you use the Bible as a tool to your self journey, do so, but don't do it as habit because we all grown up in the church doing things out of habit instead of a relationship with our spiritual selves. We just mm. start doing stuff and not knowing why we're doing it, but grandma told us to do it. Mom told us to do it. The pastor told us to do it or we we'll go to hell. Mm. But my book does say if the tool is church, if your tool is the Bible, um, please take it as a relationship to it. Use it as a tool well, and not just reading through the pages. I love the fact that you basically give people the framework, right? And I, I also love the fact that you just told everyone straight up, look, this is not going to give you the purpose. This is the tool so that you can discover your purpose. And that's very important, right? Like, I think people forget what empowerment is about. Empowerment is about giving you the tools so that you can build your own house, so that you can do it the way that you see fit. And if more authors were doing what you were doing, um, you would have had less rebellion within the self-help uh, movement uh, for a long time, right? Because I went through the phase too, right? Like I have the the audible badges to prove it. I listen to all of the books, right? The, you know, we all start out with think and grow rich and then it's richest man in Babylon, all of those books. And I'm not saying they're bad books. I'm not saying that the self-help movement is bad. I'm saying that there can be an oversaturation of hyped up marketing. Yes, like I'm going to sell you your purpose. You'll know after you these 300 right. people. No, you I started to, for me personally, I started to feel a little sleazy after a while. I was like, Ooh, like, I feel like you're trying to sell me my dream. Right. And it's like, don't do that. Just give me, I'm, I'm capable, right. I'm here. Cause I want to release my potential, not follow your system to a T. Right. So Oh, sorry, not to cut no, you No, 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 you're good. You're good. I'm so excited about this because I want people to know, like, my book will literally say, hey, go Google it. Like, it's part of the areas. It's like, hey, because the fun part of my self-journey, I read so many self-help books. Like, I am an addict at reading. I read three books at a time and 300 pages each. That's not impressive, but I get done so quickly. But the fun part was like, I'm going to challenge what they said. I'm going to Google this. I'm going to find a research. 
I'm going to find a different book that that kind of tells the opposite of what they're saying. And that was the fun part. I learned so much about myself. Like, I'm a little feisty nugget. Like, I won't won't take your word unless I look it up. Like, I like looking up stuff. So in my book, it says, go Google it. I'm not here to teach you this. I'm not here to tell you how to do this. I'm just giving you some stuff that may make your mama turn in her grave or your grandmother turn in grave. But there's so many other tools out there to find yourself. Can we be real? Can we be just very honest about this, right? Rightfully so. There are several like traditional norms that needs to be dismantled so that we can have healthy relationships with our family again, right? Um, People often prioritize family to a level where there are highly traumatized people within that family. Mm -hmm. And you have multiple narcissists, not just one. So every time I hear someone say, oh, well, you know, my family is just a bunch of narcissists. And it's like, okay, if there are eight members in your family and seven (laughs) of them are narcissists, you're the eighth one, right? So, and the fact that you are calling out other people's narcissism, it's as a justification for your problems means that you haven't yet taken accountability. And that's like a key ingredient to narcissism, right? (laughs) So with all of that, I love the fact that you're just like, listen, whatever, turn in your grave. Like, well, what's what's the worst that's going to happen? You either go down this road, you discover it's wrong and you turn back or you go down this road, you discover it's right and you build a better tomorrow. The future looks amazing. You took the words right out of my mouth. I'm like, that's the tone of my book. It's like my publisher was like, I can hear your voice in this. And then uh, my cousin who read it like three times was like, I can hear you out of this book because it's literally me talking like, I don't have the answers. And I keep telling each uh, chapter, like, look, I'm not here to give you the answers. Just do something. And more on the topic of the tools and practices that I put in there, it's like the tools I, I, my family was like, I went through a journey from the age of 27, which um, I can talk forever about North Node and South Node and natal charts and things of why you you start thinking at 27 to 30, why you kind of transition the way you think. Um, At the age of 27, I went on a journey of like, I'm not believing in God right now. He screwed my my brain up. The church keeps telling me this or that and half faith and it's not working for me. So I'm going to try everything else. So I went through different religions, different practices. You can say I was dancing with the devil. That's when my dad was like, oh, we're going to pray for you because you're just dancing with the devil. And I was like, Honestly, I went to go talk to a Satanist. I went to go talk to people who practice Wicca. I went to talk, talk about, talk to Jewish people, uh, the Jews, um, Hinduism. Uh, I went through every religion just to speak. And I realized that as much as I talked to them, I was like, we all saying the same stuff. So let me do these practices. I went through tarot. I went through natal charts. I went through, uh, I love natal charts. I found out natal charts is my thing. Um, tarot doesn't work for me, but now I'm addicted to every deck and I might make a deck, an art deck of tarot but i suggested in my book so many tools that may just make you go this works for me this makes me find out who i am and so i in my book i talk about a little bit about every little kind of tools that may be something you may like and then i go off on a tangent of hey let's try meditation and i know people roll their eyes like oh 
I don't have time to sit for 40 minutes. I do 40 minutes, but 20 to 40 minutes of meditation. Okay. My book literally says, pick up the remote, turn it off, inhale, exhale, turn back the uh, TV back on. Nice. And do that every single day and take a longer time. You'll see the smallest changes. We are so consumed by our bodies. Our bodies live our life. Our soul is supposed to live our life. Like the saying, the soul is, uh, the, what is the saying? The body is, you're not a body with a soul. You're a soul with a body. Mm. And we forget that our soul needs to live our life. We, we, we forget that. So the book is actually trying to make your soul be forefront, not your body. Your body lives out of habit. Your body is told what to do. Yes, we have involuntary organs. Sorry, I'm a kinesis major as well. We have involuntary organs that, you know, work on their own. own right. Involuntary, involuntary, involuntary organs, you know, right. depending on what you're, you're, you're kind of going in and out, but your body works out of habit. If you eat hamburgers every day, it's going to naturally go gravitate to the craving of hamburgers. So your soul is just sitting there like, dude, what am I supposed to be doing today? Like, <laughs> We're right. so mind numbing. We're not doing anything. So the book really pushes that forward. Like your soul wants to be forefront. Well, one like, of the things you're talking about is the primary, like the source of imposter syndrome, I believe. Right? Yes. You, you don't feel attached to what you're doing right? You don't feel like it's your purpose, right? You don't feel like you you should even be good at it because why do you even want to be good at it? So here you are in the position that is leagues above the novice, but you still have the novice's mind as you're stepping into the expert's role. And that's because you the body went there, but the soul was never fortified. The soul never did a, a push-up. <laughs> it never took a step. So I definitely agree with what you're saying. I'm even as a martial artist, right? And I, I take this stance because this is where I learned like the deepest information about meditation. Um, and I've mirrored that with my experience in hypnotherapy. And what occurs is a lot of people say meditation and what they really mean is trance, right? And it's trance when you're focused on something. So if someone says, oh, well, you know, I had a vision while I was meditating. Well, you weren't meditating. You, you were in trance, right? And that's why you were seeing things or thinking about something. <laughs> but meditation is the absence of, right? The absence of, it's nothing but the breath, right? And since breath is already automatic, you don't have to think about breathing. That's why they tell you to think about breathing, but nobody ever explains this, right? So that everything that you're saying is spot on to me, right? I'm right there with you. And I can't wait for the Soul Librarian webinars to come out so that you can tell so many more people about, you know, there's these small ways that they can enhance and optimize their life and discover their own purpose. Exactly. Right. And I'm, I'm not here to inconvenience people's lives because a lot of people are like, that's a lot of work. And people think self journey is a lot of work, but you do a lot of work every day. Suffering is a lot of work. Trauma is a lot of work. Exactly. And so right. I'm up here like, why is you knowing yourself a lot too much work? So I said, okay, I'm not going to inconvenience anybody with my book. What I'm going to do is add little things that are going to be simply easy. 
for you to do throughout the day. And then you get so addicted by it that you're like, hmm, let me do a little bit more. But okay, so what do you say to this, right? I am one of those people who, you know, along my journey, and I, I relate to you a lot, right? Um, you know, when I was 15, I, episode six is all about my experience in a cult. And even though it was a Christian based cult, um, and I say cult because like there's burns on my body and you can't really tell people about stuff like that and say church because they go, what kind of church is that? But when I say cult, it makes a lot more sense, right? <laughs> but, you know, a very West Indianized or Africanized um, Christian based cult. And, you know, that didn't cause me to lose my Christianity, right? What caused me to lose my Christianity is 2014, my son is about to be born. And I know history, I know facts, right? I don't want to tell my son that the reason I am a Christian is because some people kidnapped some other people, <laughs> brought them to a place, gave them a book, and then we just kept doing that. I, did, I didn't want to say that to him, right? I wanted to actually have a good reason, right? I wanted to tell him that, son, I, I've, I've went around, right? Just like they say, King Solomon journeyed and traveled and learned all of those things and then came back. If I was to be Christian, I felt like I wanted to say to my son, the reason I chose this is because I felt this is the best for us. And at this moment, I can tell you this is the best for you until you can go on the journey yourself, right? Yeah. And in so doing that, in the end of it, yeah, I didn't end up Christian. I, like, I don't say I'm Christian, but I, I didn't end up hating Christianity either. Exactly. Right. And I think that's what was most important to me. If I hated this thing, I would have broken up with a major part of myself. Right. Instead, I discovered where, you know, bits and pieces of my ancestors had, you know, different beliefs and how those beliefs were merged into Christianity to create what I'm seeing today. And, you know, that even makes some of the practices when someone says, I'll pray for you. I don't have to feel offended, right? Yeah. I don't have to feel like, oh, you saying you'll pray for me because you know you wish you're actually wishing bad on me because you know how we do. We see somebody doing something where they, we want to judge them, but we don't want to judge them out loud. I'll pray for you, right? So I don't gotta get into that with you, right? Yes, yes. I, I, I actually do want you to pray for me. I want you to pray that I get it right, and I just want you to leave that to God because He's gonna make sure that I get it right. And that has strengthened my relationship being that you've gone through all of that and discovered your purpose. I know what I discovered on the other end of all of that. Um, what would you say your purpose is your purpose? My purpose is simply being creative. And I want people to understand mm -hmm. this when I say this, because we are so surrounded by Everybody should know your purpose and it should be clear to everybody else and it should be strong and you should know your service right away. Sometimes simply being you is your purpose. And I say that mm. in a book and that's the most annoying thing somebody can give you an answer about your purpose because I hated it. I grew up with a family that their purpose was to send the word to God and focus on children. My sister is a teacher. My mom is a Sunday school teacher. My sister's a teacher in church and in school. She is great with children. You can look at her and say, hey, 
she's her purpose is to be with children. She has five children. She takes my children. She has eight people. She feeds random children in the neighborhood. Like that's wow. That's like mind blowing how awesome that is. Me, what is Tiffany's purpose? She makes art. She writes poems. She she writes a whole entire book. That's kind of impressive. Um, she she taps into people who also are creative and gives her opinion, and they appreciate that. Like I was like, okay. But then I start thinking about it. That is my purpose, to tap into my creativeness. And then not only is it just a piece of art, it speaks loud into the wow. message of, look, being you is so important. Um, being be beautifully designed by God and you being you is important. And you see that in all my work, every poem, every art piece, every, every um, talk I have with the art another artist, every book I write. It's all have a message. And that's when I was like, that's my purpose. Literally sitting at home creating is my purpose because everything I push out into the world will always have a message that you matter. And I do focus on people of color because we, we matter and people don't hear that enough. It's just like, we matter as much as anybody else. And if I can speak that every single day with every breath until I die, then I'm living my life, I'm living my purpose. And I want people to understand if your purpose don't fit in one box, but if it's in 20, it's your purpose. Oh, Stop man. trying to, if the world keeps telling you, no, it has to be one thing and it has to be understood and it has to have a title and it has to be perfectly wrapped. Bullshit, I'm sorry, sorry. No, no, why are you saying sorry? We do that. <laughs> I'm just like, but it, it is what it is, that's, that's, that's bullshit. Like, no, it's not, you can jump into each box. And I always tell people of color, but, I might get a little bit, a little strong here. So just follow me. We need to be in everything that we feel passionate about because honestly, the world is not ready for us and don't want us to be successful. If we came with one thing and we focused on one thing and we came to America and be like, this is what I have, they'll slap it out of your hand and be like, nope, we're not doing that. And then all of a sudden you're like, well, I have nothing else. No, dab into everything you have because then they can never shut you down, ever check this out right this is um a conversation that i just had yesterday and our conversation has mirrored a lot of conversations that i just had yesterday right um so no, number one was purpose and this idea that your value your purpose is attached to the value that you bring to others right um and I tell people that, right? That is the only advice that I give people on, on purpose. It's about what you do for someone else, right? What you put out into the world that changes lives is your purpose. And even if you say, well, you know what? My purpose is to do makeup or my purpose is to be in beauty and transform the way that people feel about themselves. That is perfectly fine. If you say that my purpose is to do spoken word and shake the room every time I go into it, and I know a lot of men do that, right? That again, perfectly fine. If you say my purpose is to be the best rapper ever, that again, perfectly fine. But what you do and who you do it for, purpose, then if we translate this into the business world, we'd be talking about niches, right? And niching down. And this is where the conversation about niching down, I realize hits on so many people's traumas, right? Mm -hmm. And it hits on their traumas because when I say, hey, you need to focus on a single target market 
or you need to do, you know, one thing for one group of people, right? That focus is about earning the money to continue to expand your purpose, right? And I need people to understand that as your business coach is telling you niche down, yes, a niche is a box. And I get it. You don't want to go inside of a box, but everything is a box. If you step outside of the box, you're still in a box. If you go outside of your house, you're still in a box. Your house is a box. And when you're outside in the world, you're still within the world's gravity, right? You're still inside of a vessel. If you escape the ozone, you're still within the gravity pull of the earth. And if you go to the sun, right? If you escape the gravity pull of the earth, you're in the gravity pull of the sun. If you escape the gravity pull of the sun, you're still within the galaxy. And my point is, if that is all the case, you're right. How many boxes do you want to be in? These are people that want to be in multiple boxes. But I will say the resistance to commit to one box first, it it does hurt you, right? Yeah. And it does take longer. So this is really about balance. I will say that. I want I want to uh, go into detail what I meant by that as well because I had that same conversation. I, I I don't knock boxes. I think it's a beautiful thing to be. But I feel like people, if I stay in this box until I'm 99, eventually over the years, it's going to work for me. No, sometimes you have to breathe and adapt. And I'm not saying jump into 20 different boxes. I did say that earlier, but I'm just saying if you have this amount of capabilities, the world is just like. They don't have a lot of, they act like they don't have a lot of room for people of color, Mm -hmm. okay? And so what I mean by these boxes is like, I may do, I may, I do art pieces. I've been a, I'm an ex animation artist. Like, like I used to do that for Cal State Fullerton. That's where I went to school for, for art. I may paint 20, 20, art pieces and it never sells, but it still has that message, right? Then I was like, you know what? I also write, I'm gonna write. I also I also do, I dance, I'm gonna dance. So what I mean by the book, my message is still the same and my, my goal is still the same and my audience is still the same and my focus is still the same, but I'm allowing myself to jump into these boxes back and forth because like you said, I need some, I need some kind of revenue to keep that freedom of, of my purpose to keep going. So of course I need to find a niche that will allow me to give me that money to give me that freedom to reach out to the people that I need to reach out to. So I I, I understand. I don't want to drive people the wrong direction. Like, oh, Tiff said, jump into every single box. No, I'm just saying, be kind to yourself. Don't sit in that same box until you're 99, hoping something will work out. Right. And I, and I, I I do want to say, I wasn't thinking that that's what you were saying. It was just (laughs) that this was the first time that I had clarity on that. Right. Because I'm one of those people as well. Like you tell me, oh, niche down. I'm like, fucking Christ. <laughs> right. Like who who wants to just focus on one industry and you you start thinking of all of the problems and you're like, once you once you learn how to meditate, though, you can shut that up. You can go shut up. Let me, let me think about that for a second. Right. If I niche down into this market right now. I don't have to do it forever, but if I keep trying to build out and create a message that'll hit everyone, I'll offend people more than I'll attract people, right? 
So you have to choose who you're talking to first, right? And we, we mentioned Christianity, and I think I'm, this is the, my go-to analogy when I talk about niching down. And this is going to be my go-to analogy when it comes to talking about purpose as well, right? Not a Christian, not a preacher, right? But we would say the story of Jesus is the number one motivational story told around the world, right? Everybody understands it and everybody has been impacted by it. So whether you like it or not, I know you understand the story. Yes. That story has been impactful to more people in the world than almost any other story, right? <laughs> now, I want you to imagine if Jesus was an entrepreneur, he'd be phenomenal at marketing, right? <laughs> now, take this into consideration. Jesus started doing one thing, miracles, for one group of people, Jews, right? Or the Hebrews or Israelites, right? And then the Romans saw that and he's like, hey, man, that guy's really good at doing miracles for those people. I wonder if he'd do miracles for us. I don't know. Let's go get it. And now all of a sudden, miracles are being done by people who follow Jesus for the Romans, right? If that process didn't continue, we wouldn't be where we are right now, right? We wouldn't be talking about Christianity, whether you're a Christian or not, right? Yes. So my point is just niche down because you're not walking on water and turning it into wine yet. <laughs> we, I just had a conversation about this, about the miracles of Jesus and like, Oh my God, we just, oh, before I even got on here, we was just talking about that. That's crazy. Alignment is crazy, but yes. But I, I, I just, I thought about it in that way and it just hit me. It was like, well, I'm not walking on water. So how dare I say that I am for this broad base of multi-colored people, multi-ethnic people, multiple problems, multiple backstories and multiple reasons why they don't want to do something that I'm saying when I can just figure out the reason for one group of people. And, and that can be a motivator for a next. And it's funny because I, I get a little bit black backlash. I have a lot of businesses in, in my pocket at this moment, um, just trying to get them up and running. But mm -hmm. then I also advocate for, I say people of color, but when you get down to the niche of it, and I like that we're saying niche, I, I advocate more for black men. And mm. I get the backlash from my, my black women because they're like, I thought you were advocating for people of color, but I am, I'm starting somewhere. I'm narrowing it down. And I'm not saying black men need to be fixed or have issues. I feel like there's not enough room for them. There's no space in America for them in a sense of everything's built against them. So I love that concept. Like you have to <clears throat> find a focus. And then from that, you never know. From me starting there, you mm. never know. Like I know. I can see the, 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 if you help the men in the uh, black man, it helps the family and then the family grows. And then there's, you know, there's businesses building their steady foundation and things of those sort. It start somewhere. And that's also what my book, it says, start somewhere. I may yeah. make no sense in this 10 chapter book. You may hate me. You want to fight me. I want to fight Don Miguel Jr. Ruiz. Y'all know who that is uh, for agreements or five agreements, four agreements. I want to fight Eric Thomas. <laughs> so we all have somebody who want to fight 
fight me. Like literally my, my book says, fight me. If you hate my book, if you hate my tools, whatever me, but it gets your mind thinking. It's like, hmm, I can think something better than this, or I, I agree. Something, start somewhere. That's what just irritates me about people. Just start somewhere. So for all of those listening, Tiff is taking all fair ones and one-on-ones. Uh, <laughs> we'll have a Calendly set up so you can book your schedule. Um, are these reven- uh, refereed matches or? <laughs> no, I just give everybody a first free shot because I fight dirty. So please <laughs> don't call me, but <laughs> okay. I get scared, okay? But, I, you know, it's, it's okay. All right. So now with you, with your purpose, right? And saying that you're starting with Black men, number one, thank you, as a Black man, thank you, right? Um, and I, I do kind of agree with that, right? Like, there are several businesses that are, um, say they they work with women, I go, oh, man, you, you actually do some cool stuff. It would have been nice to work with you. But I also get, you know, kind of feel a little bit of heat from that movement, right? Like, you go on some of the forums, and it's like, patriarchy, this, man, this. I'm like, this doesn't seem like a safe space for me, right? <laughs> I'm going to go over here. Um, but with that being said, I, I do want to highlight that, even as you're niching down, you want to move your people towards pleasure, right? Yes. Not just away from pain. So people are either moving away from pain and towards pleasure. And the difference between you know, moving your people towards pleasure pleasure, and moving them away from pain is you don't want your people walking forward, looking back, oh, right? You. And what I mean by walking forward, looking back, your life is getting better. You're making money. You can support yourself. But, you know, if you're a woman, men still ain't shit. Or if you're a man, oh, these women ain't shit. Why can't I? Listen, listen. As you're moving forward, like one of the things that people just don't recognize is as you level up one area of your life, you'll be afforded to meet new people. And those people are going to be different than what you think the generalization of a woman is or the generalization of a man is or the generalization of whatever group, right? That's all people need to realize but we don't tell them that. We don't tell them that, like, for, for me, right? I, I once sat in on a men group, men's group where they were complaining about women, and I had to tell them, like, hey, but it's a different type of woman when you're actually making money. Like, we meet two different type of women. Yes. Right? And they're like, oh, well, you know, if we meet the same woman, I'm not going to talk to the woman you're talking to because exactly. I don't have to right? But the women that I'm talking to, they actually don't want me for my money, but they also want to make sure that I don't want them for their money. Exactly. So we're meeting on equal footing, but you got to have some bread to come to the party, right? And that's all anybody's saying. I think it's just an equivalent exchange. And as you level up, as you move forward, look at the world through a different lens, right? Like, what's the point of growing up and getting money if you're still going to look at the world through the lens of a 10-year-old boy or girl? Oh, my God, yes. And I think that's our downfall, and that's why we're not moving forward. It's like this cycle. It's, it's, 
we call it karma, you know, it's a karmic cycle or whatever we want to call it, but it's like, you are in power of this, this start and restart. Mm. And it starts with the mindset and it, it drives me absolutely insane. But I also want people to understand that it's our fault, but it's, there's, there's patterns that need to break down around us as well. Okay. And that's why I focus on black men because there's so much built around them that they can't even see that we have control of X, Y, and Z. Mm. If I can break down all of this and give, I call it safe placing, and I'm still trying to see where I want to go with that. But if I can create safe place for black men, and it's not, people think, oh, it's a, it's a, it's a community center. No, it's a safe placing within each black woman. If we can create it's just like a video game where a man goes, like like the player goes out, gets killed, and they respawn somewhere safe. That's where I want women to start understanding, like, we need to become that safe place. And not saying that we need to cuddle everybody that comes around us, but if we can be that part of the world where we give peace, because men want peace, that's all they want. If we can create that, then we can start somewhere in founding the Black community. And it really starts somewhere. I, and I do want to mention on the other half of that for the men, right? You have to be able to do the same, right? Yes. The, the, the time where, and this was something, I, this is something I'm working on, right? I'm currently working on this longer content on changing my leadership style, right? And the work required to go from a command-based leadership style to an intellectual-based leadership style. And the, the immediate difference is most of us tend to rely on authoritative or autocratic um, leadership styles because they get things done quicker, right? And people don't have to think. In fact, that's the very system that most people are coming from with their jobs, right? But if you've worked for a boss that respects your level of expertise and respects your input and they get that input, they sit down, they mull it over with other people's input, and then they make a decision and say, I make this decision because this, this, and this, and you now have to accept that decision. It's a little bit more persuasive. That's the leadership style that I want to move into, right? Along with that, you know what was required for me to develop a more intellectual-based leadership style? It wasn't more intellect it wasn't more knowledge it wasn't anything having to do with my actual mind it was more emotional intelligence right and i had to break emotional intelligence down into two versions there's emotional intelligence version one which is about me understanding myself and then there's version two which is me being able to accurately understand others so yeah as a man if you want to, if men want to maintain that mantle or that shroud of leadership, right? Neither here nor there for me. Let me just say that. But if you want to maintain that, you have to come in to, with intellectual based leadership. Yes. Because the world is smarter now. It's not just rough and tumble. Yeah, you got to be able to go outside and physically protect. But if you're not intellectually protecting, emotionally protecting, mentally protecting, your family, then you're not really a leader. And if you're not giving them tools to develop, you're not a leader, right? You have to provide a foundation that's healthy enough 
for shit to grow. And you, you got to have more than just one tool. You can't grow a plant with just soil. You need soil, water, sunlight. Everybody knows that. Exactly. And I, I this upcoming business, I try not to speak too much on it, but I, I'm so passionate about it. It's like perched and present. Listen up for that in the future. Perched and present is literally bringing that emotional uh, and uh, I want to say it's still spiritual <laughs> support within the business. So right. to have somebody sitting in your corner, it's like instead of sitting to meditate, yes, I, I do encourage that. But to have somebody in a corner who's watching out for you while you're in your, your business that you're running, all that stress yeah. piles on you. And you kind of get so narrow uh, focused on one thing that you kind of miss out the other things. Just imagine having somebody in your corner that is completely unbiased, who doesn't work for you in a sense. You, I mean, you're still paying that person, but right. <laughs> doesn't work for you, who's there for you, who loves your baby as much as you love your baby, which is your business. Um is sitting there and just waiting for you to just like, do you need any help with anything? Not so much of like the meticulous thing. Of course, I can't take a, if you're a photographer, I can't sit there and be like, oh, this is how you adjust your camera. But if you need to bounce off ideas or your mind is exploding in areas that, am I doing this right? Should I change up this? Or should I do, I am here for you to help you spiritually, mentally. It's like in a sense of having a therapist, but not a therapist, just somebody unbiased, not, not there to, leech off of you or is, is this feeling of someone who's there to actually support and prop you up and then I can the, the business actually the services actually have me going home making sure everything in your your not so much your books financially but everything that you have questions about or you need bouncing new ideas about and I look at it in a different perspective and we have conversations about it it's like is this what you're looking for is this the audience you're still you're still aiming for are you trying to change your audience who are you trying to address now what location you're trying to go what's the best location just to get some some things off your shoulder so you can be the best you on your on your business mm -hmm. you have somebody in your corner that can just help you dish out some things and I literally make portfolios and paper stack which you can just or in this sense not so much paper on mm -hmm. your computer that you can sift through later even if you don't want to tackle it now at least it's written through the conversations there and you have it to go to later so I make portfolios in those sense for creatives entrepreneurs or whoever you can be a mom who has a star player in a football game and you're like I wish I can brand him I got you I got mm. you everything you need to do for your child, whatever you need to do. Um, and that's part of the business that I'm trying to pick up and get some momentum with. I have a few clients, but they're, they're more like helping me. Mold they're helping it you shape the, the system. So it's in yeah. the beta right now. Exactly. No, I, I like that. And I, I like that from a standpoint of, I've, I've been telling people for almost, man, years now. Number one, business is the best personal development tool, Right. If you want to see how shitty of a person you are, go try to sell something. Yes. <laughs> right. Um, and you'll quickly find that you probably need to be a little bit more pleasant. Right. So <laughs> people can tell you when I was 19, I was not smiling. Like people did not get smiles at me. One of my best friends in the Marine Corps. Right. I think he's a gunnery sergeant now. He came. He was like, I think it was like 730 in the morning or something. And I was just standing there waiting in line. He was like, man, you gang banging at bacon. <laughs> I was like, bro, just leave me be, man. I'm focused. I'm, I'm driven right now, right? So, but for myself, you can't go into business with that mentality. Who am I going to sell to? Other type A men, right? <laughs> exactly. And if, 
and if you notice, most type A men don't like other type A men. <laughs> like that's another funny thing about it. <laughs> yeah, it's like, yeah, nah, he over there in his corner. We're gonna be over here. Yeah. How how you make friends? We go to UFC uh <laughs> training and we punch each other in the face for five minutes, and I respect the strength that came from his fist. <laughs> so now I'm his friend. Like, like that's <laughs> that's how we make friends and it's just like i'm good bro yes oh my goodness right okay. well we're at the gym and it's just a series of head nods like <laughs> yeah actually oh you about to put that up i i'm watching for if you need a spar you, you oh you need somebody to spot you okay cool let me get that up off you exactly Punk, right but you got it by yourself Be like okay let me give him another head nod another <laughs> head nod meaning about four more weeks i might be able to say what's up <laughs> oh my god my cheeks are running. oh my god that's so true <laughs> but yeah because that's what we do so I, I like exactly everything that you're saying and i like the focus on you know men and yeah i think this is a service that really is needed right um even for myself like i sometimes like i sit down and i go okay I should go like meditate or I should go do something now. I should go on a walk because I've been staring at this computer for five hours. But (laughs) right. And I fall in love with the grind. Right. So that the second part of this was going to be. As you're focusing on the the like this niche market of doing these things, sometimes you you mentioned uh, you mentioned helping mothers with their sons and different branding opportunities. The other thing that just kind of stood out immediately is the body of work that you're helping them create. Yes. Right. No one can be successful without a body of work. Right. Um, and for artists who aren't successful, your body of work, like, where is it? Like, who knows that you draw? Who knows that you write poems? Who knows that you rap? Right. Like that, that's the people have to know you do what you do. And if they don't know you do what you do, they can't hire you for it. Neither can they figure out whether or not you're good or bad at it. And that's usually what people are afraid of is like, well, I want to get better in in secret so I can put out something amazing is like. But. Is is that just because you want the value for yourself or you want the praise or the adoration? Because if it's truly about the purpose, you put it out, get the input, make something better. What, what inspired me is being around so many entrepreneurs and great creatives. There's a creative um, who's a rapper in Charleston, South Carolina, um, mm-hmm. Lou, Lou Algeti, sorry. Um, he's an amazing rapper, right? But he also has these different multifacets about him. And he was talking about, like, I wish I had a team. And we're all been entrepreneurs. We're all entrepreneurs now. We're all doing our own thing. So it's kind of tiresome to be like, okay, I need some help, but other people are doing their own thing. And what I told him was, because everybody's like, Tiffany, can I have your uh can I have you on my team? I was like, I don't focus on your uh, I can't be a rapper, you know, I can't make beats, but I can sit here and listen to it. But what I can do is make you a portfolio of different styles that look good on you, um, albums that stuck out to me. Um, here are things you can do for NFTs. And I start just making a portfolio of just things he could be doing if he needs to come back to it or to organize his Mm. thoughts. He'll just talk to me and I'll just be like typing it out and say, 
oh, here's a music video. Um, I do boards, mood boards for music videos and things of those sorts. And I did a whole portfolio. All of a sudden, it's like a 20 page. And I was like, do you want this? And he was like, wow, you went to detail. And I was like, yeah. And that's what inspired me. Like these entrepreneurs, these creatives are just like, want to do so much and need some help. And I'm like, I got you. This is the best I can do. So these are some phenomenal people out here just in the, the corners, in the darkness or shadows of things that haven't came up front yet that just needs this extra help. And you don't have to use this 20 page or 50 page portfolio I made you, but you can always come back to it. Listen, I have a couple of friends that say they want to start labels, right? When they start asking me about a and I'm like, yo. <laughs> I'm working on it. Yeah, like you, you should probably look into a and right? Like discovering talent would probably be really good for you. Okay, but, let's see. <laughs> all right. So now we got a very special section of the podcast, right? This is how we start to wrap it up, right? This is called story for a story. And what I'm going to ask you for is a wild, maybe fun story, something that you don't normally tell, something that'll help us get to know you better. Maybe even something that seems a little bit out of character. I don't have one. Why you didn't prepare me for this one? Um, No, I don't. I don't. I don't tell anyone. I just if you listen, like I had one one guest that listened to the um, (laughs) one of the episodes when I started doing story for a story. And she was like, I have my story ready. I was like, oh, damn it. I like when people don't really have their stories ready because truth be told, I don't have my story either, right? Okay. But I've gotten some amazing stories out of that, right? Like I've gotten um, one of my guests snuck into Mexico. Um, I think we didn't get caught. So snuck into Mexico, didn't get caught uh, on some El Chapo-ish type deal um through so yeah through a tunnel um a lot, think, a lot of my stuff is raunchy and i want my parents to uh watch this later <laughs> so like, there's a couple one. there's a couple that like i think i've told a story about driving around naked in japan <laughs> um so yeah okay I, I but think that I- i'll match your level uh no i i got a good one um not a good one but not a lot of people know this about me. Y'all might say, oh, this girl's crazy, but I am a Pisces. So a lot of crazy mystical things happened to me. Uh, So when I was little, I cried. My grandmother wasn't the not kindest person, but she wasn't the kindest person towards me because I was the black sheep that spoke out of turn. Um, But I started crying and she was like, what's wrong? And I was like, I keep seeing things. And yes, this is a I see dead people kind of story. But I keep seeing things and I had really bad deja vu and I still have deja vu because I I live life in cycles in my head for some reason. And it was this little girl that follows me. And when I say it's like the ring stuff, but she didn't look scary. She would just follow me. She would always stay like five feet away from me. And that's from the age 11 all the way up to like college where I thought I was crazy, but I became numb towards it. So me and my friends were you know, at night, we all just go hang out at night and just go places because we have the freedom now. We're in college. Right. So me and a couple of friends was like running around just randomly at parks. And my best friend at the time was like, heard the swing start squeaking, squeak, squeak. And it started moving. And we heard a little girl giggle. And I, it didn't phase me because I know who it was. And I looked over and I saw the little girl. 
So they start running. Black people run at the instance of something. So I start running with them and I'm just like jogging because I know what it is. And she turns around, she's like, did you see that? And I was like, yeah, it was a little girl that follows me. And she was like, what the hell? <laughs> what? Tiffany, who told, why are you with us if you have dead people following you? I was like, yeah, you know, she's been following me since I was 11. And she was like, this is crazy. And that solidified that I wasn't that crazy. And then it gets kind of worse because I was on my like third child. I was, no, my second child. I was pregnant with my second child. And the little girl came again. She came again. But this time she was ready to fight. And when I said, thank God for grandmothers and prayers, because I had to rebuke that, 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 that same little girl that's been following me from 11, because she was so jealous of my oldest daughter at the time. I was pregnant with my second, but she, it felt like she was trying to get closer and closer to my daughter. And I was like, I turned off everything. And I was in the house that I grew up in because this little girl always follows me. I was like, oh no, literally I got up. I was just like rebuking and talking and talking. And ever since then, that little girl never followed me again. So yes, I see dead people or yes, I see figures. And I yes, to this day, when I go to different houses and things, I'd be like, oh, you have somebody here. And people mm. now know me well enough. Some of them know that like people want to hire me as spiritual counselors because I see things like this. They're like, oh, who is it? And I'll just tell them and try not to acknowledge it as much because I'm not with the whole dead people follow me until I'm 99 kind of situation. But that's that's my life. I see shadows. I see people. Um, yeah, it's my life. All yeah. right. All right. Oh, man. <laughs> you, uh, I don't tell those stories, okay? <laughs> I, I, the, that I will say. I don't tell those stories. I'm but sorry. No, no, no. Even that one of my sesquibangs, and I don't want to talk about that right now. <laughs> no, right. And I was perfectly ready for that story. <laughs> Right. <laughs> that would have been much more comfortable to talk about than <laughs> I'm so sorry. Okay, I got you. All right. So, right. So when I was a kid, I my mom wanted me to learn how to read. So they thought I knew how to read, but they had been these books that I had memorized because they read them to me so often. And I would just go through and memorize these books. So when my grandma was home this summer, she was tasked or she decided she wasn't tasked. She decided that she was going to make me read four hours a day. Right. I was like, this was before I learned how to read. And I didn't learn how to read until I was seven. Uh, I want to say she was there in 96. So I was like five or six. Right. So five or six years old, I'm scamming grandma every day. Think, and they thinking I know how to read, right? Finally, my grandma discovers, she's like, he can't read. <laughs> he memorized these books, right? So they go now and they go get hooked on phonics. And you know what my punishment is? Because I faked knowing how to read. Oh, now I got to learn how to read, but I got to go through the whole hooked on phonics system by myself. <laughs> so... I learned how to read and then they still made me read the four hours a day. So thank God for grandma's wisdom, figuring out that I was a little mischievous trickster <laughs> and forcing me to learn how to read that much better story. That's a really good story, actually. <laughs> now I know if my kids are faking to read. Thank you. Thank you for that. <laughs> oh, no, I definitely faked it. Right? <laughs> okay. All right. So wrapping it up, right? What's one thing that you would leave our listeners with that you think would help them uh, 
achieve that balance when it came when it comes to their entrepreneur journey, right? And that balance I'm talking about is their well-being, their success, their mental well-being. Um, what's the one, the best tool that you can give them that will help them achieve that balance? Silence. Mm. Literally, if you're anything like me, your mind goes 24-7. That's why everything in my life is around business. My husband has to be like that. <laughs> like when I go walking, I think about that. I go to bookstores just to sit down and work. Silence. Literally, and when I say silence is not so much meditation. And this is also, I'm not trying to promote the book, but it is in a book. It talks about silence. It's totally different from meditation. I want you to literally enjoy. And actually, I there's a book on this. And I got to look it up and I'll let y'all know. Walk in nature and don't mm. think. I, I mean, stare at paint drying and don't think. It's the most relaxing, most centering thing you can do. And once you go back into your business, it's just like boom, 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 boom. And it's just like this flow of non-stress because everybody hates who's an entrepreneur everybody hates making money out of something you're so passionate about it's awesome it's great it's the purpose we want to do but sometimes you be like dang i gotta monetize everything that i'm passionate about like dang 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 but to relieve mm -hmm. yourself from the stress and then go back into it it comes like an easy flow and then that money just just like swerving in so silence silence Silence, not med uh, meditation. I'm um, stressed that silence is key. Yes. I love that. And for everybody <laughs> listening, go be great. <laughs> awesome.